ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد carrying on then where we left off from the aqeedah of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah from this book uh, the aqeedah of al-imam at-tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala he says wa daraba lahum ajalan that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed life spans for his creation Allah has determined and written life spans for the creation. Anna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qaddara ajal al-khala'iq bihaith idha jaa ajaluhum la yastakhiruna sa'ah wa la yastakdimun. Allah has written down the appointed term of all of His creation. The time of death for all of His creation. So when that time comes, neither will it be delayed and neither will it come early. When that time has been appointed, that time has been decreed and written, then it will come at that time, neither early nor late. And Allah mentioned that in the Qur'an, إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ When their appointed time comes, فَلَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقَدِمُونَ then they cannot delay it and nor bring it forth, bring it forward. <coughs> Similarly, Allah mentioned, وَمَا كَانَ لِنَفْسٍ أَن تَمُوتَ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ كِتَابًا مُؤَجَّلًا That it is not possible for any soul, for any person, to die except by the permission of Allah, meaning except at the time that Allah has written for that person. وَفِي Sahih Muslim In Sahih Muslim, Hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhu qal, قالت أم حبيبة زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أم حبيبة the wife of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said اللهم أمتعني بزوجي رسول الله وبأبي أبي سفيان وبأخي معاوية قال فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قد سألت الله لآجال مضروبة وأيام معدودة وأرزاق مقسومة لن يعجل شيئا قبل حله 
وَلَنْ يُؤَخَّرَ شَيْئًا عَنْ حِلِّهِ In this narration, the Prophet ﷺ highlights in that section, أَجَالْ مَضْرُوبَةِ That the lifespans of the creation have been written. أَيَّامْ مَعْدُودَةِ Their days have been numbered. For all of the creation, their lifespans have been written and their days have been numbered. How many days they will have. And also, arzaqin maqsuma. Their rizq has been distributed and apportioned. Everybody has had their rizq written for them. What will be their rizq during their lifetime? What will they earn? What will be their sustenance and provisions? What you will get has already been written and portioned for you. And similarly, لَنْ يُعْجَلَ شَيْئًا قَبْلَ حِلِّهِ وَلَنْ يُؤَخَّرَ شَيْئًا عَنْ حِلِّهِ Nothing will be brought forward from its appointed time, and nothing will be delayed from its appointed time. These narrations and this section all highlights to us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written down all of this decree upon us. We already mentioned in the last lesson, the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, كَتَبَ اللَّهُ مَقَادِيرَ الْخَلْقَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ بِخَمْسِينَ أَلْفَ سَنَةِ وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote down the decree of all of creation. 50,000 years before even the heavens and earth were created. That Allah wrote down all of that decree of what is to happen. Every person his life and what will happen. Every person his death when it will happen. Every person his rizq that he will gain in his lifetime. Where and from how and what. All of it written and recorded 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth even. In the other narration it mentions, أَوَّلَ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمْ قَالَ لَهُ اكْتُبْ قَالَ مَاذَا أَكْتُبْ قَالَ أُكْتُبْ كُلَّ مَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ When Allah created the pen, Allah said to it, write. The pen said, what shall I write? Allah said, write all of that which will occur up until the day of judgment. Write down all of that which will occur up until the day of judgment. So all of that decree it is written. We also know from the other narration, the other hadith, about the angel that is sent to the unborn child in the womb of his mother. When the child is being created in the womb of his mother, then after 120 days into that pregnancy, the angel is sent, meaning after four months into the pregnancy, 
the angel is sent and yu'maru bi katbi arba'i kalimat or firstly yanfukhu fihi ar-ruh the angel is sent to blow the soul into that baby and then yu'maru bi katbi arba'i kalimat the angel is then also commanded to write down four things regarding that unborn child bikatbi rizqihi what will be the rizq of this child when he comes upon the earth and grows and lives what will be his rizq where how much all of that rizq for his lifetime what he will get and where he will get it from written down in the decree whilst the child is only 4 months into the pregnancy 4 months into the womb of his mother only yet written down and also bikat bi amalihi the actions of that person the actions of that person that individual that child what will be his deeds when he lives if allah decrees that for him then in his lifetime what will be his actions and his deeds what will he do with his life written down the decree thirdly also bikat bi ajli his appointed time of death four months into the pregnancy that child being born or in the womb now being developed at the four month stage it is written down that decree of when the child will die will it be in a hundred years 189040121115 written down for that child at that moment decree of allah from 50000 years before the creation of what is going to happen to this child and fourthly shaqiyun aw sa'id whether this child will be from the righteous or if he will be from the grieving whether he will be from the people of paradise or he will be from the people of hell fire all of that decree the angel is sent to the womb when the child is still in the womb four months only the hadith authentic from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells you that and that decree is written for that unborn child that's why the scholars they say if a woman had a miscarriage before the 4 month period before 4 months into the pregnancy that means the miscarried child had not had a soul blown into it yet and that's why if a woman had a miscarriage before 4 months into the pregnancy then it doesn't require the washing and the shrouding and the janaza none of it before 4 months it is not required because before 4 months the soul has not been blown into that child yet so the scholars they say respectfully dispose of the miscarriage and whatever has formed but the janaza and all of those islamic rites are not required upon upon a miscarriage before 4 months but if the miscarriage happened after 4 months now it means the soul had been blown into that child 
So now the Islamic rights, they apply janaza, etc. Name the child. Now it applies because the soul was blown in. So this is all regarding that decree. We also mentioned last time how Allah's knowledge encompasses everything. Everything is known to Allah. All of the big and the small, the quiet, the loud, the sounds, everything is within the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say, لَمْ يَخْفَ عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ وَعَلِمَ مَا هُمْ عَامِلُونَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ That there is nothing hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even before He created the creation. Allah knew everything, has knowledge of everything. This whole creation, these all individuals, Allah knew everything of all of them, even before the creation occurred. Al-Imam Al-Tahawi mentions, لَمْ يَخْفَ عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٍ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ Nothing was hidden from the knowledge of Allah before He created them. Allah knew everything. وَعَلِمَا مَا هُمْ عَامِلُونَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَهُمْ And Allah knew already everything, every individual is going to do their lives, their deeds, their actions before creating any of us and before any of this creation came into existence. That is the all-encompassing knowledge of Allah. Ibn Abi al-Izz, he says, يَعْلَمُ سُبْحَانَهُ مَا كَانَ Ibn Abi al-Izz al-Hanafi says that Allah knows everything that was. Past tense. Everything in the past, Allah knows. وَمَا يَكُونَ And everything that is occurring and will occur. The present and the future. So Allah knows everything of the past, everything of the present, everything of the future. And then on top of that, there's a fourth thing also. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَوْ كَانْ كَيْفَ يَكُونَ Those things that will not, did not ever happen. <coughs> let's imagine if they happened. They didn't happen, but let's imagine they happened. Allah knows exactly how they would have happened if they did happen, and they never did. Things that never even happened, only suppositions, assumptions, things that we say, what if something had happened in history? It never did. But imagine it did, Allah knows how it would have happened if it did. How that would have happened and what would have happened, things that never even happened. So it's not just about Allah knowing what happened in the past, and what is happening in the present, and what will happen in the future. But on top of that, even things that don't happen, if they happened, Allah knows how they would happen if they happened. Such is the knowledge of Allah that encompasses everything. One example of that, Ibn Abi al-Izz al-Hanafi mentions here, وَلَوْ رُدُّوا لِمَا نُهُوا عَنْهِ 
The people of hellfire, what will they request? They will request, give us one more chance. Give us another chance. We'll do good. Give us a chance and we'll do good. But Allah says, Allah says, if they were sent back, if they were sent back, they would go back to doing what they were prohibited from. So Allah knows what will happen even though it hasn't happened. If they were sent back, Allah tells you in the Quran, they would go back to doing that haram again. So this is an example of Allah knowing even things that haven't happened. Were they given another chance? Were they sent back? Of course not. That doesn't happen. But Allah tells you, He already knows, if they were sent back, they would return back to the haram and the prohibited again. They wouldn't do as they say, goodness this time. So this is an indication of that. Similarly, there are many other examples of that. Proving and showing how Allah has knowledge of every single thing. We quoted that ayah last time. وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا That there is not a single leaf that falls off any tree on the face of the earth. Imagine the Amazon rainforest and the rainforests of the world. Not a leaf falls off any tree on the face of the earth except that Allah knows which leaf of which tree, how long it floated in the air, and where it landed on the ground. Such is the all-encompassing knowledge. Then, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Al-Hanafi says, وَأَمَرَهُمْ بِطَاعَتِهِ وَنَهَاهُمْ عَمْ مَعْصِيَتِهِ Allah commanded the creation to obey Him, and He commanded them or prohibited them from disobeying him. Allah commanded the creation to obey him, and prohibited them from disobeying him. So here, we are told that Allah has commanded us to worship and obey, and has prohibited us from disobeying. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an, Allah tells us that He has created us with that purpose of obeying Him. That is our purpose. Allah tells us, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That I have not created the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me, commanding us. That's the purpose that we are here created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah the one who created death and life to test you, which of you will be best in your actions. Again, that is an indication that the command upon us is to be obedient to Allah. That is the one best in his actions. The one who is obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the one who is disobedient, then he is not going to be the best in actions. He's going to be the worst in actions. Allah the one who created death and life. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةِ 
لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ Allah says, to test you. Allah created death and life. Death, life, alive, resurrection, everything. As a test upon you. And to see أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Who from amongst you will be the best in your actions? Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ يَجْرِي بِتَقْدِيرِهِ وَمَشِيئَتِهِ وَمَشِيئَتُهُ تَنْفُضْ لَا مَشِيئَةَ لِلْعِبَادِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ لَهُمْ فَمَا شَاءَ لَهُمْ كَانْ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَأْ لَمْ يَكُنْ That everything that happens Everything that happens, it is happening upon the decree and the will of Allah. How Allah has decreed it and willed it, that is how everything is happening, everything is occurring, how Allah has decreed and willed it. And His will certainly occurs. The will of Allah certainly occurs as He has willed. And there is no will for us except what Allah has willed. Whatever Allah wills occurs and what He does not will, will not occur. That we explained briefly before. That Allah has given us a will. Allah has given us a choice. The choices we make, we make them. We make the choice to make wudu and pray, or a person makes the choice to not bother and miss. That person makes the choice. A person chooses to go and buy alcohol and drink it, or he chooses to turn away and not buy it and not drink it. He chooses. Allah has given us that ability to choose either obedience or choose sinning. The person makes that choice. Person makes the choice, am I going to pick it up and drink the alcohol or am I going to leave it and not touch it? The person makes the choice. Person makes the choice, am I going to get up and go to the mosque and pray or I'm not going to bother forget about the prayer. Person makes the choice. But what does it mean then? There is no choice for us except what Allah has chosen. Like we said before, Allah knows what choices you are going to make. Allah knows what choices you are going to make. We don't know yet. We don't know what we're going to do with the rest of our lives. But Allah knows what choices you're going to make in life. That's why Allah already knows in the end whether you're going to end up in Hellfire or paradise, Allah knows. In the hadith it mentions, your place in paradise or hell is already written. Allah already knows the choices you're going to make in life, and therefore where you're going to end up. We don't know that yet, we don't know what choices we're going to make and where we're going to end up. So we have to just make sure that we put every effort into making the right choices to hope that inshallah we are written from the people of paradise. You don't know what's written for you. So if you don't know what's written for you, you just gotta make every effort 
to keep making the right choices. So Allah already knows though. Allah already knows about the people and what every person is going to choose in his life and what he's going to do. Whether that person is going to choose obedience in his life or that person is going to choose disobedience in his life. Or if a person is going to be upon obedience all of his life, but then at the end of his life, وَالْعِيَاذُ billah, He falls into shirk right at the end and goes, dies upon kufr, maybe. Or, a person chooses evil all of his life. Chooses evil all of his life. But then in the last moment before death, chooses the good. Accepts the shahada, accepts tawheed and dies upon Islam. Right at the end he makes that choice. Written for him then paradise. That's mentioned in the hadith. وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدِ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ إِلَّا ذِرَاعٍ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَيَدْخُلُهَا Maybe a person does good actions all of his life. Makes the good choices all of his life. But then at the end of his life, he makes the choice of evil and falls into shirk and kufr. And because of that ends up in the hellfire. Allah knew that already your place would be in hellfire. All your life you spent upon tawheed. But then at the last moment something happened to you and you chose the shirk. And then hellfire written. Same the other way. وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُنُوا بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ إِلَّا ذِرَاعَ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ فَيَدْخُلُهَا A person all of his life upon kufr and shirk. Choice of kufr and shirk all of his life. Until, as the narration mentions, he is barely an arm span away from falling into hell. He's practically at the doorstep of hell. All of his life upon choices of kufr and shirk. But then at the end of his life, the decree is such for that person. That he chooses the good at the end of his life. Accepts tawheed. Says the shahada enters into Islam. Maybe on the last day before he dies. On the last hour before he dies. Maybe in the last breaths before he dies. And so paradise is written for him. That's like the example of shown to you or proven to you. In the story of Abu Talib, Abu Talib, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, on his deathbed, on his final few breaths, and he was at the time, mushrik, but the Prophet ﷺ still went to try and convince him to become Muslim right in those last few minutes before he died. If he accepted then, salvation. Just like there is a hadith about one of the mushrikeen, he accepted Islam, accepted the shahada, and then he was killed straight away. He never prayed in his life a single prayer, but he will be written for paradise. He accepted, made the choice of tawheed, made the choice of the shahada, accepted Islam, but then he was killed in that jihad, never even prayed a single prayer. Yet paradise for him now. So this is what's mentioned here, that we have this choice. Allah has given you that. That's why you are going to be held accountable upon your actions. If we didn't have any choice in anything, if somebody said, okay, but the decree has all been written. So whatever we do now, it's not our choice. That's what was written for us. 
So if I end up doing some haram, then how is that my fault? That's what was written for me. People may say that. But we explained it last time, remember. You can't say that. Because before you do the haram, right now you have a bottle of alcohol sitting in front of you, you're thinking about the choice. Right now you haven't opened it, you haven't drunk it. Do you know that it is written in the decree you're going to drink alcohol today or not? (coughs) Right now you haven't touched it. So do you know it's written in the decree that today you were going to drink alcohol or not yet? You don't know yet. You're now going to make a choice. You're going to pick it up and drink it or you're going to spill it. Once you make that choice, let's say now this person makes the choice, he picks it up and he drinks it. Now he knows that it was decreed on this day he was going to drink alcohol. Now he knows. So now can he say, well, okay, there you go. It was decreed I was going to drink alcohol today. Before he picked it up and drunk it, did he know that? That's the key. You don't know if evil has been decreed until you make the choice to do it. Once you make the choice to do it, then you are the one who has chosen to do the evil. Allah already knew you were going to make that choice and that's why it was written. You at that moment make the choice though. That's the key. So you can't say, well, it was all decreed. Everything is decreed. But at the moment when the decree is playing out, when it's occurring, you are the one making the choices there. Allah knows what choices you're going to make. You don't. You are now making the choices as you go along in your life. Choices that Allah knows what they're going to be, but you do not. As a consequence, you have to keep making sure you always make the right choice. You don't drink the alcohol. You make the choice to leave it. So now afterwards, the next day you can say, Alhamdulillah, it was decreed I wasn't going to drink alcohol yesterday. Now you know because you chose not to drink it yesterday and you abandoned it. That's why you can never use the decree as a proof for your sins. Don't ever say when you do a sin, well, it must have been decreed. If that man that day chose to drink the alcohol, next day, can he say, well, it was decreed that I was going to drink alcohol yesterday? Was it or not? Was it decreed he was going to drink alcohol yesterday? He drank it yesterday. Absolutely it was decreed. 50,000 years before creation, it was decreed he was going to drink alcohol yesterday. So can he sit there and say, well, how's that my fault then? It was decreed I was going to drink alcohol yesterday. Now he knows that. But yesterday when the bottle was sitting in front of him, he at that moment made the choice to pick it up and drink it. At that stage, he didn't know what was decreed. He chose and picked up and drank. That's why when you do a sin, you at that moment are choosing to do that sin. So don't say afterwards, well, it must have been decreed for me to do that sin yesterday. Yes, it was. But at the moment you did it, you chose to do it. You could have chosen not to do it. You could have chosen to abandon it. That's the key. So you don't ever say it was the decree. And that famous story about how a person used to drink alcohol at the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab and in some narrations, one of the other khulafa. So when they caught him, they took him to Umar ibn al-Khattab, the Khalifa. They said to him, we caught him drinking alcohol again. So they said to him, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu said to him, why? 
The man said, well look, it's not my fault. If I drank alcohol, then it was decreed I was going to drink alcohol. Everything happens by the decree. Yes, it does. He says, okay, well, it was decreed I was going to drink alcohol. Is that my fault? We just explained how it's his fault because at the time when he did it, he chose to do it. So Umar ibn al-Khattab, knowing that, knowing that he chose to do it at the time. So you can't now say it was the decree. He replied and said to him, well, in that case, we're going to whip you. And that was just decreed for today then. <laughs> it was decreed we were going to whip you today, so don't blame us. Just like you don't want us to blame you for drinking alcohol. So that is how it is. And the scholars, they give another example as well. People who use that type of argument, they say, well, I didn't pray yesterday, but according to your lesson, everything is decreed, everything is written, so it must have been written that yesterday I wasn't going to pray. True or false? It was written. At the time though, you chose it. That's why when they make that type of argument, well, it was decreed, what can I do? It was decreed I wasn't going to pray yesterday. It was decreed I was going to drink alcohol yesterday. When it comes to sins, they want to use the decree as their proof. But when it comes to their own rights, then they won't use the decree as a proof. Meaning, that same person who says, well, it was decreed yesterday I was going to drink alcohol. It was decreed I wasn't going to pray. That same person, if he goes home that day and finds that all of his house has been robbed, his car has been taken away, brand new 68, all gone. Is he going to sit there and say, well, okay, what can you do? It was the decree. <laughs> what can you do? I paid 50 grand yesterday for the 68 plate. It's gone. It's the decree. What can you do? Don't worry about it. Is he going to say that? No. But just moments earlier, he sat there telling you, well, it was the decree yesterday. I drank alcohol. It was the decree. I didn't pray. It was the decree. So everything has happened to you. Now it's the decree. Relax. He's not going to relax now. Now it's going to be pick up the phone, ring the ambulance, CCTV, where's the car gone? Now all of a sudden you got to do action, you got to get into motion. But when it's the prayer and it sins, well, it was the decree, it was the decree. Scholars, they say, look at the contradiction in the person. Look at the contradiction in the person. When it's about his own rights, now he won't sit back, okay, decree, decree. But when it's about the rights of Allah and the obligations upon him and the, the, the obedience and the duties that he can't be bothered to do, then okay, decree, decree. It was decreed I wasn't going to pray, wasn't it? And it was. But remember, when you didn't pray, you were the one choosing to sit there and relax and not get up and pray. When you drank that alcohol, you chose to pick it up and drink it. So, that is the brief way to try and understand. And there are many ayat in the Qur'an that show that exact meaning of what we've been talking about. Allah says, for example, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا That you do not will anything, you do not choose to do something, except that Allah has already willed it. Meaning, that Allah already knows what you're going to choose. Allah already knows what choice you're going to make. It's not like the people of innovation, some of them, the deviants, they come and say, that Allah doesn't know what you're going to do until you do it. Some of the people of innovation, in the olden times especially, they used to have this belief, that Allah doesn't know what you're going to do until you do it. Obviously wrong. Allah knows everything. Others, they used to say the opposite. They used to say, that you do not have a choice in anything you do. You don't have choice. So if Allah has written paradise for you, you're going to end up in paradise. 
Allah's written hellfire, you're in hellfire. You don't have a choice as you go along in anything. If that was the case, then the people going into hellfire, would they not be oppressed? They had no choice. Compelled to follow that decree without choice in the affair, in how they go about, then what's their accountability on? If they were forced upon all of that, and then ended up in hellfire, why are they accountable? The people of paradise too, if they were forced upon that decree, they had no ability or choice or anything, then why do they deserve to be in paradise? What have they done to deserve that? They just follow the decree that they were on. There's no accountability like that. The accountability is that Allah has written everything, knows everything, but at the moment of it occurring, you are the one choosing it. And that's why you'll be accountable on the choices you made. Did you choose goodness in your life or did you choose evil in your life? And that is what Al-Imam Tahawi and uh, Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi are mentioning in this section of the book. Then after that, Imam Al-Tahawi goes on and says, يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَعْصِمُ وَيُعَافِي فَضْلًا وَيُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَخْذُلُ وَيَبْتَلِي عَدْلًا Here now, he talks about this issue of guidance. People always come up with the question, like we had it a few weeks back as well. Some of these people, it has been decreed for them that they live their lives upon kufr, they carry on making the choices of kufr. Why didn't Allah just decree for everybody to choose Islam and for everybody to end up in paradise then? How come some people, they end up making these choices of kufr then? Allah mentions in the Quran, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ You cannot guide who you love. But Allah is the one who guides the hearts of the people, etc. Allah is the one who guides. You cannot guide who you love. Some of the scholars, they say, this ayah was revealed when Abu Talib died. Because the Prophet really wanted Abu Talib to accept and be guided, but he didn't. The last thing he said before he died is that he's going to stay upon the religion of Abdul Muttalib, his father, the religion of shirk. So the ayah was revealed, you cannot guide who you love. The Prophet really wanted Abu Talib to be guided, but he didn't. So the ayah was revealed, you cannot guide who you love. Allah is the one who guides. Meaning Allah is the one who gives that guidance in the hearts of the people, not us, not even the prophets or the messengers. But that guidance... People say, how come Allah didn't give that guidance to some people then? Back to the same thing we're talking about. Allah gave us choice. And Allah knew that certain people with the corruption in their hearts will choose in their lifetimes, they choose to not accept Tawheed. That is the choice they make. People who never knew about Islam, did they really have a choice then? If you know about Islam, then you've got a choice. Shall I go and research and accept Islam, or shall I not? Then you have a choice. People who never knew about Islam, 
Have they got any choice to enter Islam then? That's why on the day of judgment, there will be a specific type of accountability and different thing for those people. There will be no oppression. They will not be put into hellfire when they never even heard about Islam. So there will be something specific for them. Shows you again the justice of Allah. People who had the ability, had the choice and they chose kufr and shirk, then that is upon them. Allah recognized and knows of them, has knowledge of them, that they are people who choose kufr and shirk with their choices. And so they are not given that guidance. And that's mentioned in the Qur'an in several places also, that uh, there are people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of them and their choices of evil, and so they are given that evil and that guidance upon evil, and they die upon that kufr. And Allah says in the Qur'an, there are going to be people who make those choices. Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَاكُمْ فَمِنْكُمْ كَافِرٌ وَمِنْكُمْ مُؤْمِنٌ He is the one who created you, and amongst you there are those who are believers, and there are those who are disbelievers. There are those amongst you believers, مِنْكُمْ كَافِرٌ uh, Disbelievers, وَمِنْكُمْ مُؤْمِنٌ And amongst you are believers. Some upon iman and accepting, some upon disbelief and not accepting. So that is regarding the issue of guidance. We are not able to guide, that is not in our control, but we can give the da'wah. After that, the person making the choice, Allah opening up their heart to accept the guidance that is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll end on that point for today. We'll start with the next point. وَهُوَ مُتَعَالٍ عَنِ الْأَضْدَادِ وَالْأَنْدَادِ That Allah is the most high and free from any type of comparison, any type of anybody being same as Allah. Nothing at all. Allah is absolutely distinct from anybody being equal or similar of any nature to Allah. Allah is the most high above all of the creation. That is what we'll begin with insha'Allah ta'ala next week at uh, 7. Uh, next week Maghrib will be about what time? Today what time is the Adhan for Maghrib? Today 27 the Adhan? Huh? 22-ish? So by next week it will be after 8.30 the Adhan. So we start 7.30 p.m. 7.30 p.m. finish 8.20, enough time to go pray. 7.30 p.m. inshallah ta'ala, but be on time. No, I mean, I should say 7.15, I should say 7.15, so we start 7.30. But inshallah 7.30 I'll be here, I won't be later than that. So 7.30 we have to start on the dot, uh, so imagine in your, in your brains and your alarms 7.15. So you get here on time. 7.30 will begin and we'll finish by 8.20 or something inshallah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين